Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your coach, Brian Buffini. Welcome to our 15th annual Bold Predictions Show. I know many of you tune in each year, and I consider it a privilege and an honor that you do. A lot of research goes into this broadcast, and I want to thank not only my own research team, but Dr. Yoon and his team, Bob Barr at Wells Fargo and his team, resources like Case Schiller, Zalman and Associates, and Mark Zandi at Moody's, to name just a few. Before I get going, I want to share a couple things. Uh, firstly, in the world we live in today, for every one player in sports, there's at least 20 commentators. And as we look at the sports landscape, there's hundreds of TV channels just dedicated to showing sports on TV. There are actually 12,000 sports podcasts, so an awful lot of talk, but there are actually very few players on the field. And what you're going to hear from today, from myself and Dr. Yoon, is players on the field. You know, every opinion in the world is out there now. There is actually a total of over 2 million podcasts. Anyone who can speak has a show, it seems. But not all content is created equal, and not all opinions are equal. And I want to share for a moment, I'm, I'm going to put some credentials out there and ask you as an audience to start asking for people's credentials so that you don't look at something on your phone and panic or freak out or react. You know, over the years, I've given 33 predictions on the market. 31 of them have come to pass. That's pretty good average. A an example of something I missed was last year, I thought the Georgia Senate races would be split, which didn't happen. But I also said Joe Manchin from West Virginia would most likely hold up runaway spending. So I was wrong on the, on the Senate races, but half right with Joe Manchin. So that's, I'm going to say 31 and a half. I'm telling you this so you can navigate the information. You know, you need to be able to advise your customers as well as how do you prosper financially yourself and manage your own business as well as your own emotions during this time. But most of all, the purpose of this show is to give you and your customers peace of mind and some certainty going into next year. The whole world, obviously, it sometimes feels like it's upside down with the pandemics and lockdowns and just the crazy environment we find ourselves in and just how people are reacting socially. So we've been really wanting to navigate you all the way along. For example, at the beginning of the pandemic, when the stock market was plummeting, I said now was the time to buy stocks. In fact, I'm going to take you back because this is a little bit of credibility building for what you're about to hear. This is at the very beginning of the pandemic when the stock market was in a precipitous slide. So let's take a look at a video from Facebook Live that I gave while walking on the beach. A lot of people have been asking me about uh, the stock market plunge and what should they do and so on and so forth. Well, I'm not going to give anybody advice on the market or what they should do with their own personal finances. But I'll tell you what I did. Yesterday, I bought a bunch of stocks. This morning, I bunch of, bought a bunch of stocks. And I'll probably be buying a bunch of stocks next week, too. Um, market might go down further. But overall, I think this is a bump in the road. And in the big picture, it's a good time to keep investing in those businesses and those uh, stocks you believe in. That's what I'm doing. Whatever that's worth. Well, I followed my own advice. Like I said, the market was going to continue to go down. And I believed in the value of the market. I invested in millions of dollars myself after this video posted over the next several weeks. I made a few bucks listening to my own bold predictions. If you look at when the market was there, it was going all the way down to 18,000 and it came all the way back up to 36,000 because we were given perspective, perspective based on fundamental principles, perspective based on historical evidence. During COVID, when the sky was falling, the media consensus was there would be a 30% drop in home prices. And at that time, Dr. Yoon and I were actually called Pollyanna and Pollyella because we were so positive about the market. We actually recorded a show, podcast episode 201, which was entitled, This Too Shall Pass. Now, right around 100,000 people listened, watched it on YouTube and then other channels. And the overwhelming response, 100,000 people in our industry who used the information that Lawrence and I were able to provide to be able to calm down, have peace of mind, understand what was coming. People used that information to even save transactions. And what happened? We came out, just like we said we would, with a super robust market. In fact, if you remember the initial response to COVID, and there was no toilet paper on the shelves. 
I said at the time that real estate was a new toilet paper and that it would be flying off the shelves. In fact, here's a clip from May of 2020 when I declared that real estate's a new toilet paper. There is not going to be any precipitous drop-off. Real estate is the toilet paper of the future. Now, what are we dealing with? A lot of people unemployed. They're going to come back in chunks, boys and girls. This is a forced shutdown. There's some of them not coming back, I understand. But let me just tell you this. 70% of the people in this country, 78%, are still employed. Think about that. Rates are still in the 3% rate. 3%. We have a housing shortage coming into this. All economics is supply and demand. I think you can see with our current inventory status, that proved to be accurate. We have the lowest inventory in almost 50 years. People have been panicked about the iBuyer Zillow program. And since it came out and brokers and agents freaked out, even as soon as 60, 70 days ago, people were freaked out about this. Well, long before Zillow gave up the ghost, I shared that they would. And the reason being is that they felt they had new information. They had a new fundamental. Let me say this. Technology is fantastic. But when somebody introduces you to a new fundamental, watch out. So this is what I said about the Zillow iBuyer program long before they went out of business. Our boys at Zillow, that scared the whole world when they first came out and this and that. And then here comes iBuyer. And all I've heard on every masterclass, you've got to talk about iBuyer. iBuyer, on my own staff, Brian, can you talk about iBuyer in your training? And I always say, I'll do it reluctantly. But I've always said this, at the first sign of trouble, these fellows will tuck tail and head for the exits. Now, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul says when he gave his credentials, all boasting is futile. I'm not sitting here this morning thumping my chest, and I'm not going to show you 31 of the last uh, predictions we got right. I just want to share with you that we live in this oversaturated environment with commentary. We live in clickbait environment where people click on a headline and then get freaked out or react enormously to the latest headline. Oh, here's a new variant. And people freak out. And states of emergency are put in place. We have this reactionary culture. That is not how you prosper. And that is not how you deal with economic matters. And as a consumer, I'm challenging you from this point on. Just like I shared some of my credentials here today, our bold predictions, Dr. Yoon's projections. uh, I'm going to say that you need to put that same mentality into everything you hear. If there's an article on your phone, in, on your news feed, you need to challenge it. You need to find out, is this right? What's their past record? What predictions have they made in the past? When has that come true? And if you can't find a track record, you need to delete and move on and not lose your peace of mind, not get stressed out, and most importantly, not become anxious for the future. Now, another thing to the current environment is that everybody, everybody is wearing political lenses, okay? And I get a great example of this is for the past 10 years, almost on the same date, I've posted a picture of a gas pump with what I paid for gas that day. And I've done it kind of middle November every year. And I just basically put up a caption. What are you paying for gas in your area? Okay. This is the post I I put up uh, back in November. Okay. Same as I've done for 10 consecutive years since I joined Facebook. Now, this year, I received hundreds and hundreds of comments, but the feedback was all political. Oh, this is a consequence of Build Back Better. Oh, Brian, you've gotten caught up in right-wing media to comments about, we should all be driving electric cars. Why are you buying gas anyway? There was very few just, hey, here's the price I pay. All I did was post a factual picture of a consumer price. But the bias that all of us carry now makes it difficult to hear information objectively. This is very important for this broadcast. So for the rest of this broadcast, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put down your lenses. I want you to be aware that you have lenses, that every time you hear information, what's he coming from? What's he thinking? Is he a right winger? Is he a left winger? Is he a this and that? Let me say this. As an Irishman and Dr. Yoon is a Korean, we don't have a horse in the race. You know, we're proud Americans now. This is about providing guidance to help you and your customer. This information will give you an advantage over the all the people in the, the, the marketplace, the hundreds of thousands of agents around the country and in Canada, this is going to help you stand out amongst the competition. You'll be able to provide verified data to your customers 
to be able to make informed decisions and then provide them peace of mind. I've never done a preamble like this in our presentation in the past, but I feel it's necessary for now. The fact of the matter is, you guys have been working very hard in a, in a high stress environment and you've done fabulously and the, the, you know, you've really done well. You've helped move a lot of houses, helped move a lot of people during this pandemic. Uh, and what I want you to do right now is call a little time out, get a little perspective, a deep breath so you can prepare yourself for next year and win. So the three things I have for you first, I'm going to cover a little bit of the state of the market and a little bit of where we are. Then uh, we're going to have our interview with Dr. Yoon, which is always a highlight for the year. And then I'm going to finish up today with some good habits for a good year. I got a couple of tips and techniques for you to just right off the bat, uh, right off the bat, have a great start to the year. So let's cover the state of the market here briefly. How do we do with the National Association of Realtors? Well, Lawrence will be on here in a minute. We've gone from 2019 and 1.4 million membership to 1.48 million. And the projection is we're going to finish the year somewhere around 1.52 million. So we have more agents in the National Association of Realtors for, than ever before. And remember, almost that same number again of people with a license that are not affiliated with the National Association of Realtors. Now, what's wild about that, that's 3 million people have some form of a real estate license. And uh, I'm from a country of 4 million. So it's like an entire country of realtors. That's a giant number. One of the dynamics of the fast growth of the industry, people leaving other professions to get into real estate, is that we've had a precipitous drop in the years of experience. And, uh, you know, again, a lot of this information comes from Lawrence's team. But the fact of the matter is, to go a full year from nine years experience down to eight, I mean, normally it would chip away at a couple of months, you know, eight years and seven months and eight years and five months. That's a significant change. And it affects the day-to-day business. I'm going to share with you some information from uh, Lawrence's team, the profile of home buyers and home sellers. And uh, when I get a chance to talk to Lawrence, I always thank him and his team for this. Uh, I like to put this in our presentations because it really brings to life what's going on. So get a copy of that report if you get a chance. So characteristics of home buyers: the first-time buyer made up 34% of all home buyers, which was an increase uh, from last year's 31%. So still huge demand for people to become homeowners. 11% of home purchases were multi-generational homes to take care of aging parents. That is a consistent increasing trend. People are pooling money, pooling resources, buying a bigger home and having multi-generational families live in the same property. 15% of buyers purchased a new home compared to 29% in 1989. So just to give you that contrast of inventory and inventory shortage and how the landscape keeps changing, There's not as much inventory as there was, obviously, and new construction continue. We had that big drop-off in new construction following the Great Recession, and it's never really caught up. And so you can see it's almost half of what it was 30-some years ago. Uh, Buyers typically purchase their homes for 100% of asking price. Yeah, no kidding. With 29% purchasing for more than asking price. So that's that's the environment we're in, and it seems to be still that case in many, many parts of the country. Buyers typically search for a home for eight weeks and looked at eight homes. So uh, that's something that you can give as an expectation to your clients to let them know, hey, here's how about how long it's taken. And here's about how many homes we're going to see. You're not going to see 40. You're not going to see 50. You're more than likely going to see about eight homes. Um, uh, this was a great stat that Lawrence teams found, which is having an agent to help them find the right home, the right home, was what buyers wanted most when choosing an agent at 52%. So in your presentations to buyers and they're looking online and they're doing this and doing that, you got to let them know one of my primary jobs is to help you find not just a home, but the right home. And 52% of buyers will feel like you put a warm blanket on them on a cold night when they hear that. 90% of buyers would use their agent or recommend their agent to others. 90%, 90%. It is such a pity that the vast majority of agents don't stay in contact with their past customers. And why within a year, only 28% of consumers can remember their agent's name. Boys and girls, that's why Buffini and Company's training programs and coaching exists. That's what, that's what we built this company on for 25 years. There's a pool of people that 90% of them say, I would absolutely, I was happy with you. I would absolutely recommend you. But we don't stay in contact. We don't follow up. We don't provide value. And that's why Buffini and Company's been providing all these training and all this coaching for all these years 
to get you to do that. So just that's a little quick overview. There's some data in there. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get some resources for free that'll be able to put into your presentations. But let's get to something I've looked forward to every year. It's my annual conversation with Dr. Yoon. We have a great time. We did a mid-year update this year. Lawrence, it's always great to see you. Thanks to you and your team for the fantastic research you do and uh, providing Buffini and Company with so much of that. I want to thank you for being on here for our bold predictions. Welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Brian. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, and what a fantastic, spectacular market that we have been experiencing. Yeah, crazy. We're going to get into all of that. I mean, obviously, you know, we predicted great things, but it's gone very well. <laughs> it's gone very well. Uh, I have a few questions I want to give you. Maybe you can give some insight to our audience. What's your overview of the economy? If you take the bigger picture, many people are fearful. We have inflation. We have all the spending plans. We have supply issues, all of these things. And so people are fearful of this. They're hearing this on the news every day. It's very political. What's your overview of the whole economy? Well, uh, the data, you know, which I monitor on an uh, almost day-to-day basis, because there's always a fresh set of data. If one looks at the unemployment rate, uh, which is a measure that I think everyone uh, would recognize and consider to be very important, mm-hmm. unemployment rate can be said to be essentially back to normal. So mm-hmm. we had the unemployment rate, you know, essentially roughly at 5% before the pandemic, then it shot up, I'm you know, going surpassing 15%. But with each passing month, it started to go down now at about 5%. So one can say unemployment rate is almost back to normal. Mm. But that's not the full picture. Because right. to be counted as unemployed, one has to be searching for job. And in the pandemic environment, many people have simply left the labor force for a variety of reasons. So a better employment condition measure, I would say, is total jobs. And we are still short by roughly 4 million now compared to before the pandemic. Mm. Um, so we are not back so to the normal rates, yet. So the rate's the same, but in total jobs, we're about 4 million apart. Uh, that's right. Uh, so the unemployment rate is uh, about the same, but we are still short by 4 million jobs. Mm. Wow, that's significant. And I also know that, you know, as everybody knows far and wide, there's a lot of job openings, right? People are having a hard time finding employees. They've got signs on the window. We're restricting our hours. I've seen, you know, my my mother-in-law, Georgia, her favorite hot dog place closed down because they couldn't find employees for the weekdays. They only open up on the weekends. So we know there's a lot of job openings as well that have skyrocketed. Uh, yeah, another funny thing is that uh, even though the total jobs are not back to normal, four million short, job openings are sky high as mm-hmm. one can walk down any street, help one assign, you know, inquire within. So the job openings are at sky high, much higher than even before the pandemic. So we are in a bit of strange world currently. Uh, but with each passing month, there's some slight improvement in the overall employment figure. So at least we are moving in the right direction. What do you think is happening, Lawrence? Are people did they get affected by the, the money that was extended and decided to stay home? Do, are they affected by the fear of the virus and they just got used into a habit of staying home? And what do you think is actually going on? Uh, I think variety of factors. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you have a vaccine mandate and some people just for mm. one reason or another uh, said, no, I'd rather quit my job than get a vaccine. Now, mm. I mean, I have a vaccine personally, but, you know, trying to impose on people, I think that's a very political question. I know you said to yeah. say out of politics, uh, but also the stimulus money has certainly helped provide a little buffer room for people to say, no, I don't want that low wage job. I'm still looking for that higher paying job. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe people are waiting. Single mothers yeah. uh, with the schools closed, uh, they are saying, what do I do with my school kid? Uh, mm-hmm. I have to stay home. Uh, it's very expensive. Uh, so there are a variety of reasons. So, But it's interesting that the job openings are at sky high, yet the total job number in the country is not yet back to normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I, well, we'll see how it plays out in 2022. Obviously, we know it seems like they're, they're not going to flood more money into the coffers of people who are not working as much. So we'll see how it all shakes out. It's, uh, the good news is there's plenty of work. That's, that is certainly good news. 
Here's the next question I have for you on the, the overall real estate market. You kind of alluded to it. Obviously, it's, it's hot as a pistol. How's the real estate market performing in your opinion? Oh, well, you know, the multiple offer situation that we saw in the spring of this year, I mean, these are very unique circumstances. Now we are towards the end of the year, so the intensity of multiple offers has clearly lessened. Homes are sitting on the market a little longer, but by historical standards, you know, you list a home and you find a buyer, sign a contract within three weeks. I mean, these are very, very <laughs> swift pace. Um, yep. And we are now beginning to see something of a mini surge. Uh, that is to say that this yep. autumn and winter uh, could be the second best in 15 years, uh, meaning that wow. you compare with other years, the second best. Well, what was the best? Well, it was one year ago uh, when we had that huge <laughs> surge, uh, lifting of the lock uh, lockdown. People rushed to buy home during the pandemic. Uh, so two straight years of spectacular performance. Yeah, it is remarkable. And uh, we're seeing it. We're seeing this kind of surge right now again and multiple offers again. I just recently sold a property myself and uh, it was a it was a really nice family home in a really good neighborhood. And we organized one open house. We had 50 families come through the property one day, not 50, 50 families, you know, and of course, multiple offers and, and so on and so forth. I would tell people I selected the offer based on the letter that was written by the agent. I didn't just take the highest price. So don't be lazy. Take the time to write the letter on behalf of your client. For me, it was a story that my wife and I, we were, uh, we were moved by the story and we decided to take their offer over many others. So make sure you do that. We're still going to have a, hot market for a while. Uh, what do you project for next year's sales, Lawrence? Where do you think it's all going? Uh, well, you know, let's look at the annual total. Uh, so last yeah. year, uh, we had 5.7 million home sales last year. Put that in mm-hmm. the context of, you know, 1.5 million members that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each home sales leads to two sides, you know, buyer side and the seller side. Mm-hmm. This year, it looks like we're going to tally up to be six million, which is an improvement by seven percent. Mm. But in 2022, next year, I think the sales activity will be shaved modestly, maybe two percent mm. reduction. And the yeah. principal reason for that is higher mortgage rates. I do believe that right. we're going to get higher interest rates. Yes, for sure. And we're we're going to dive into that a little bit later, uh, for sure. Obviously, Chairman Powell just got renominated, and we. It's helpful to know his pattern and what he says, and it makes it very predictable. I think if we had a new Fed chairman, you know, we might be, you know, scratching our head going, what is going to happen? But I think it makes it uh, very predictable, I think, what's going to take place. Um, And again, I think it's also perspective, you know, for agents that have worked very hard during the pandemic and post-pandemic and into now, we're going to have this mini surge through the end of the year and into the first quarter of next year. Um that 2% off the highest year in a long, long time is very good. You know, again, very healthy opportunity, very healthy market, a good time to be in the business, um, but also to be aware that, you know, just you got to be on your game a little bit. We're not just going to continue to have a runaway market. I also think, Lawrence, the inflation of products and services, that's real. You know, I mean, we can get into core inflation versus uh, producer price index and those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, what we see is that that increase from inflation is starting to impact not only people's pocketbooks, but also people's ability to qualify. And, you know, the, I believe you're going to see the banks continue to change ratios. I, we at Buffini Company, we're raising our prices for the first time in nine years. We've absorbed all the costs and all the increases. Um, we haven't raised our prices in nine years, and we just made a commitment to do so, like, right now. Uh, because we have to, because our costs have gone up so much. And so I think you're going to see that along with the rate increase, create a little bit of a stiffness at the entry level and the next level, the move up level. But it seems to be the high end because they've got such stock dollars. The high end is still flying. The high end is people are still hedging against inflation. So very interesting. Let's talk about inventory, Lawrence. It's the question that everybody's asking. Will there be any easing of the shortage of inventory next year? I would say yes, we are turning the corner. Uh, So for multiple consecutive years, we had this falling inventory, but now we will turn the corner. And uh, there are two principal reasons. Uh, One is that the new construction of single family homes 
has been steadily moving higher. Now, it's been moving higher from very depressed levels. So if you are asking the question, why do we have such a little inventory? Well, it's a multiple years, over a decade of underproduction of single family homes. But we are now moving higher, which means that it takes a little time to finish the product. So during spring of next year, people will say that there is actually more home this spring, spring of 2022 versus one year ago. I think people will say that. And furthermore, uh, some of the federal support programs, something called mortgage forbearance program, people mm-hmm. who lost job, normally they would list their property, but they did not because they could miss out on mortgage payment and, and remain essentially uh, stay in their home. But that yep. program is winding down and some people who are unable to find job they will list that property, uh, but it's not going to linger in the market for long. There are so many buyers on the sideline. Right. Still waiting to go. And again, the rates are still very low. There's a lot of cash in the system. People have a lot of cash. Savings rates are historically high levels. So we still are going to have buyers with an ability to buy. The the cost of living's gone up. The rates are going to start to creep up. And there's going to be a little loosening of inventory, which I think between construction and forbearance, like the, the, just by the time the contractors have fired up, like in here in California, permitting is so long. And so by the time they say, Hey, I want to build something, it just takes a long time for that inventory to be, uh, realized. And I think we're starting to see it. Like you said, it's just starting to come about and starting to loosen up. So that should be a little bit helpful. I think the encouragement is, um, that we're still going to see, you know, we can give buyers hope, especially first time buyers hope. There's going to be a little more inventory. We're still, though, like you mentioned, fast contracts are everywhere, right? We've seen the percentage of homes less than 30 days on the market. Um, it's it's still kind of extraordinary. I mean, I, I I saw your graph at the National Association of Realtors here, and it's it's remarkable. Still, the speed of the market, isn't it? Uh, you know, normally uh, one would say 60 days or 75 days as being normal. Uh, and for the buyers, you know, they took time, you know, look at maybe a dozen homes and then contemplate which one do we want to revisit before. But the market was so competitive that by the time that people were thinking through, a contract was signed by another buyer, which is the right. reason why one has to be uh, on their tiptoe shape uh, about it. So we had essentially about 80 percent, 90 percent of the homes going under contract within a month, within 30 days. Uh, quite remarkable. The speed of the market is, again, yeah. you know, something that we have not seen before. Uh, but right. this is just due to the nature where the buyers want to take advantage of the low interest rates, the pandemic yeah. environment, needing a larger size home or not needing to go downtown. So they are saying, well, I am happy with the suburbs or exurbs. Mm-hmm. So demand really flew off, but the lack of supply enhanced the contract signing at a very swift pace. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you'll like this. So I like to go back in reviewing, not only bold predictions, I go back through a lot of my own data. And I found my paperwork from uh, 1991. So 30 years ago, I was doing my year end for my real estate practice. And the average market time in San Diego in 1991 was 186 days. And there's a whole generation of people in this industry who've never seen anything like that, who wouldn't even know how to talk to a customer when your house is on the market on average for six months. And you have to go through price reductions and all those kinds of things. So there's definitely going to be some changes and some needed adjustments as we start to adjust the market, certainly to upgrade our skills. So we talked about a little bit about rates. I have some opinions on this myself. Love to get your take on what you think is going to happen to rates in 2022. Uh, well, you know, you alluded to the inflation popping out. Uh, you know, it's making costly for everything. You know, for yeah. running a business, it's much more costly. The companies are raising prices. You know, you see it in the grocery stores. Uh, you see it everywhere. So anytime there is a rise in inflation, that means that lenders, when they lend the money, the money that is taken back at future date has lost in purchasing power and they need to compensate for that. So they will be raising uh, interest rates on whether mortgage or other lending automatically from inflation. But more importantly, the Federal Reserve, the central bank has clearly signaled that the days of loose monetary policy are coming to an end. They've been buying mortgage-backed securities, something called uh, part of their quantitative easing. 
but now they are going to taper. I know I am using jargon, but the end result is that it makes mortgage rate a little higher. And yep. furthermore, at some point in 2022, they will officially raise short-term interest rates, which will then filter up into mortgage rates. So all yep. this combination is implying that mortgage rates will be inching higher. My best guess at the moment, 3.7% 12 months from now. So right. it's an increase from current roughly 3% to 3.7%. Nothing alarming, but you yeah. should be prepared. You bet. And that is by far the best explanation of why rates need to increase of anybody in the media anywhere. So this is why we have you on, Lawrence. That was beautifully communicated because I believe a typical agent can listen to that, digest that, and articulate that to their customers. And so thank you for that. That's beautifully said. Last question for you, Lawrence. We have 100,000 real estate professionals tuning in today. And uh, from you, like I know you're not a real estate trainer, but what advice would you have for these agents uh, in 2022? You know, real estate, when I talk to uh, so many members, uh, some indicate that this is the best decision they ever had. The entrepreneurial spirit, they never thought that they could earn uh, the amount of money and, you know, take care of the family as such. But we know the numbers. If you look at the total number of home sales, total number of agents, rising number of agents, uh, it's, it's implying that not everyone will succeed. Uh, so I am sort of admiring the entrepreneurial spirit of so many members coming into the industry. Remember, help one sign everywhere. Well, there's no in, in the real estate industry. We are seeing record high number of people coming into the industry. Uh, it just means that, uh, you know, with people with variety of background, variety of skill set, some will do very well, but a good portion is going to be a challenge. And which yeah. side do you want to be in? Uh, and certainly you want to serve your uh, clients uh, in the best way possible to get that referral and recommendation for the next client. Uh, but it's a, a tough business, but I admire the entrepreneurial spirit of the members. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much. I appreciate all you do. I actually want to give you a little feedback on some data. It was January of 2019 when my team and I flew out to Chicago to meet with you and uh, the executive team at the National Association of Realtors. And we talked about improving the onboarding into real estate, improving the experience for people. And it was at that time we, we made a commitment to hatch this brand new 100 Days to Greatness program for the industry. And just to give you feedback, uh, we've had thousands of people go through that program this year. It started this January. And uh, happy to let you know that brand new baby agents who never sold a house in their life have been trained, trained the skills, the processes to be a professional agent. And the average number of transactions for a brand new baby agent with that 100 days program is six transactions in the 100 days. And so this is what we talked about back then. And uh, I wanted to give you that feedback. So we're making a difference. And all these new folks that we're getting in, our goal is to get as many as we can properly trained because when they're properly trained, they can be a credit to the industry. They can be real pros and they can make a good living and serve some good customers. So just wanted to give you that feedback. Our initiative is working and you were there at the very beginning and now it's a reality. So I thank you for being on here today. I thank you for your enormous contribution to the real estate community. And we're very thankful to have you as I'm thankful to have you as a friend. Your contribution to this annual broadcast is fantastic. So thanks for taking the time. Appreciate you. Well, great to hear. And uh, thank you for inviting me to participate. Well, that was great stuff as always. And uh, Lawrence is such a, a fantastic uh, co contributor to the industry. And we just wanted to have him reach out. I know you got a lot of value from that. And he's been bang on for so long. He and I are in constant contact with one another and finding data from our side. I also, he's, he always asks me, hey, what do you want to know? And we'll give a series of questions and research we want done. And he'll actually do that research for our team. So we're able to keep you on the cutting edge and uh, winning, as they say. Well, this show is called Bold Predictions, so I should give you a few myself. And uh, Lawrence kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but not really. One big thing, obviously, is the Fred chairman got re-nominated. This is a big deal because if we'd had a new uh, chairperson, uh, I think we would really be up in the air to be able to know what's going to take place. Um, 
Powell has been consistent in what he's done and what he said. Now, during the pandemic, he, he threw all in and he cut the rate from 1.75 to uh, zero. So he, he hammered down the rate. He added $4.4 trillion to the balance sheet. Now, that means they were buying that this is the quantitative easing and it's expanded Fed purchases to corporate and municipal bonds. Now, what does that mean is that the currency has ultimately been flooded with cash. The U.S. dollar is still the currency of the world. In fact, that has expanded during the pandemic. It's actually doubled to be the currency of twice as many countries as it was beforehand. Now, if inflation continues to fly, there's going to be some challenge. So I want to talk a little bit about what I see, and I want to give you 2022, and I'll give you a little inkling of where I think it's going beyond. So Powell has said that he intends to fast track his taper. What does that mean? It's, it's going to ease the bond buying practice. So they are going to accelerate this. And this was initially supposed to happen at the end of the first quarter of next year, and it's going to start before the end of this year. So right now, as we're talking, the Fed is tapering and buying less bonds, which means there'll be less cash in the system. The Fed is typically responsible for two major issues, which is employment and then also inflation. Inflation has become its primary focus. And Chairman Powell has said that that's in 2022, that's where he's going to spend his time. So the Fed will be raising rates, but the timing on it is most likely late third quarter or early fourth quarter next year. So I think what will happen is you'll really get a chance to say rates are going to change. And by summertime, if you have someone in the pipeline and they're rate sensitive, you're pushing them hard. So I think hardcore in the winter, spring, and into early summer. I think here's your probability index, and it's uh, 92% probable in September, 94% probable in November. I think because of core inflation, and this is where I think the independence of the Fed versus the White House, ultimately, you know, the White House wants as much money as possible because it looks good. But the fact of the matter is we have too much cash in the system now. And so they're going to have to restrict it. And one of the ways to restrict it is with rates. This is still a great opportunity for you to talk to customers, even in an environment of raising rates. Um, Going from 3.3 to 3.75, as Lawrence said, uh, it is significant in regards to what somebody can qualify for. It will taper the, the runaway price increases. It is going to start to slow down the price increases by mid-year next year. But what it ultimately means is you can show this historical rate. You can show somebody where, hey, just a few years ago, here's where the rate was at 5%, and now here we are at 3.75%. These are still very low rates by history's standards, and they are. My advice and my bold predictions here is to make hay while the sun shines. The winter and the summer are going to be as busy as you've ever experienced, and you need to work hard, focus on the fundamentals, invest some, and put some money away. Great quote from the old Italian poet from the 16th century, the day of fortune is like a harvest day. We must be busy when the corn is ripe. And so what I would expect for next year, we're going to see rates creep up. It won't be a a radical overnight deal. You're going to see first-time buyers really feel the effects of the inflation, okay? So you have core inflation still around 4%. Uh, Again, I know a lot of talking heads talk about transitory inflation. That is political speak, okay? I'm just letting you know that is political speak because it's there's a big election next year. The truth of the matter is core inflation. So you have the producer price index. What's it costing to make something? That went up 8.2%. Inflation's gone up 6.2%. That's how much cost has been passed on to people. Core inflation is at 4%. Long term, that's a that's bad deal. They're going to have to address that. Warren Buffett, who said talks about investing, he said, when people are nervous, I get greedy. When people are greedy, I get nervous. The only economic concern since 1960 that keeps them up at night is inflation because inflation puts a hole in the bucket. What will that create for real estate? Increased demand because a hedge against inflation, nowhere better than real property. I played golf the other day with Bill Gates's real estate broker. You know, Bill Gates owns more land in the state of California than anyone else. He's buying huge tracts of land. So here's a tech guy putting all his money into real estate, a real estate still where it's at. So there will be pressure 
there still will be heavy competition and it'll be through the summertime. Those first time buyers are eventually going to reach a cap because of inflation and a slightly increasing interest rate. And they're like, I'm tapping out at this number. So you're going to see a slowdown in mid-year around that. Then what you're going to see is because the first time buyer is not able to go as far as they were going, you'll see less over the top multiple offers, might be still full price, but less over asking price offers. The move up market will then slow a little bit as well, where you will continue to see high, high, fast paced movement is at the top end. High end real estate will be the last to change. Uh, one of the reasons for it is the health of the stock market. People are taking gains out of stock to buy high level real estate. I live in a neighborhood where the average market time, even at the hottest times was a year to sell a home, good sized homes. And now they're selling in about five to six weeks, extraordinary prices, all cash. There are no loans of any of them are getting. So people are taking stock portfolio money and repurposing it into real property, hedge against inflation, buying second homes, third homes, that type of thing. So I think you'll see a slight slowdown by summer in first time buyers, which will lead to fall of move-up buyers being able to slow down because it's hard to sell their first-time buyer property, high-end will continue to zoom all year long. 2022 is a very, very important year as a real estate professional. I'm going to get into it here in a second. For me, the real estate business is raging hot, and I understand people are working as hard as they can. But there's an old phrase that says, even a turkey can fly in a hurricane. And when the wind starts to slow down, if you're a turkey up at 200 feet, you're going to be Thanksgiving dinner. The fact of the matter is, you got to learn how to fly. The fact of the matter is, you got to put your fundamentals in place. You've got to prepare not only to take advantage of this year, but you've got to put your business in position to absolutely prosper coming out of the end of this market. We're going to see by the end, this time next year, it will be a changed real estate landscape. All those people who jumped into the business, if they haven't been trained, if they don't have fundamentals, they will be Thanksgiving dinner. There's going to be a bunch of people getting out of the business, and we are going to be left with even less experience in the industry. That's coming. So what my third major point for you here today is it's important to have good habits for a good year. You really want some bold predictions, you got to have good habits for a good year. So here's the first good habit I have for you, is to have fun with the fundamentals. The reason this is so important is all of us, me included, When the pandemic hit, I did broadcasts out of my home. I did Facebook Lives out of my home. I did two and three times the number of podcasts a week than I ever did. I actually spoke to three million people in four months. You know, live on stage, it took me 25 years to speak to three million people. You guys were the same. We were all busting hard. We were essential. The work was more difficult. People were nervous about showing their home. People were nervous going into somebody's home. We fought through all that. We went through cleaning and this and that and the other. And then we have this raging hot market and it's multiple offers and you might have written 10 or 12 offers for a buyer and still didn't get them a home. Here's the thing. That's a fast track to burnout. And now I'm telling you that this next season is busy and it's time to really make hay. So what do you need to do? You can work in such a way that you put the fun back in the fundamentals. And a great example of this, I just took a trip home, a surprise popped by to Ireland to go see my mother. It was her 91st birthday. I walked into my local flower shop where I had the flowers getting ready to be delivered for her birthday. I picked them up myself. I walked down the street, knocked on the door, and let's say we had a great week. So I did Popeyes. I brought something of value. Now, here's the thing. I've Zoomed with my mom. I call my parents at least once a week. But the fact of the matter is, there is nothing like face-to-face. There is just nothing like it. But I'm going to tell you, just like my mom, my mom wasn't doing well. And when I went home, she lit up for six days. She was full of energy, full of life. Popeye, face to face. Have some fun. Go see your favorite people. Go see the people that, hey, I'm going to pop by. Is it okay if I come and see you? Okay? And those that are up for it, give them a hug. Say hello. Let me tell you, people need it more than ever before, and you need it too. So go have some fun with the fundamentals. Don't forget to write your notes. I was in Ireland. I still wrote my notes. I still went by Stevens Green and put a few cards in the mail. Uh, got by the whole graffiti box and there's an old Irish offigon fished as they say in Ireland right the post office and then I went and made a few calls in fact I found an old phone box 
and you'll see the Gaelic in the background, telephone, and still, calls, doing your Popeyes, doing your calls, making notes. Let me tell you, we're online, but we're disconnected. We're online, but we're disconnected. It's time to reconnect with people. Have fun with the fundamentals. And then have a bit of crack, as they say in Ireland. So when you do the hard work, celebrate. So at the end of the trip, there's me and my brother Dermot doing what you do best in Ireland. When you do the good stuff, take care of yourself. Have a trip. Even if it's busy, take a weekend trip, okay? Take a bit of time for yourself. Celebrate your victories. For the love of Mary, we can't just be work, 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 work all the time, even if the market's red hot. Take, it might be a staycation. It might be a day off for yourself. But do something to replenish. Here's the thing. I spent five, six days in Ireland. I came back and I was, I was like a man possessed when I came back. I was just so fired up. So do that for yourself. Here's a couple of quick tips to get you going at the start of the year, especially in the area listings. I want you to do a quick CMA in January for anyone you've sold a home prior to 2021. Prior to 2021. I'm going to be actually announcing our brand new masterclass. I'm going to be speaking at all the masterclasses next year. And we've got a great time lined up for you. I've got a guest speaker lined up for each one of the presentations. I'm going to be teaching you business fundamentals. I'm also going to do an old school personal growth and development section. We're going to have an awesome panel of some of the best practitioners in the industry. And then ultimately, we're going to have a guest speaker at each one. It's going to be great. And one of the things I'm going to be giving away is a letter. So come for the letter, which will be a letter that you can send out to your entire database. And what this will do is let people know, hey, you know, here's a CMA. Here's how much money you made since you bought your house. Who else do you know wants to make a fortune by owning a home? So you're going to do the quick CMA. We'll get you the letter. Go see your top 20 clients in person. Go have a coffee. Let them know how much money they've made since you helped them buy a house. Doesn't matter if it's 10 years ago. And ask them if they know someone who wants to build a fortune by owning a home that you're never too busy. Now, we covered a lot of content for you today. So what do we have? We have all of this data, all of these things in presentation form for you. So go to buffiniandcompany.com slash bold 2022 resources. That's bold 2022 resources. And you can download the brand new Brian Buffini Real Estate Report, which has a whole bunch of this stuff that we covered today and me and Lawrence and all the things we covered in presentation. You can download it and print it off if you want. You can give it to a client. You can put it on an iPad. You can use some of the quotes in social media. Just please give credit to where the research has come from here at Buffini and Company. That would be respectful. So we want you to have fun with the fundamentals. We want you to get out and about with those top tips. And then last question I have for you is in 2022, what training will you participate? Not if. I'm too busy to train. I'm too busy to get coaching is the words of someone whose business is already in decline. I'm too busy to do that is the words of someone who's already in decline. I have a huge 2022 plan for myself. I have more speaking engagements, more travel, more work, more podcasts than I've ever done in my life. What am I doing now? I am training harder than I have in years. And I'm actually going to be taking even concentrated efforts to go. And I'm going to take a couple weeks here at the end of the year, a couple weeks starting in January for physical training, excellent nutrition to get my mind and body as ready as I can for the big 2022 year I have planned. What training will you participate in? I always quote the Navy SEALs from right here in town. The commander says, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. That's why we train so hard. Wherever level you are, whether you're a licensee and making less than 100 grand a year, producing agent up to that 250, professional agent building out that team or an industry leader, we have a program built for you. World-class stuff. And here's the numbers to back it up. And we're the only people who can communicate this. We're the only people who've ever, as a training company, who've done an affiliated program like this with the National Association of Realtors. The reason being is the data. By year one, we get people up to 100 grand. Not hard for us to do it all, especially with the new 100 days program. By year three, our average client is at $277,000 in income in our coaching. By year five, our average coaching client is at 350,000. By year 10, 425,000. By year 15, $581,000. The compounding effect of the coaching and the training, it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And to all of you who've been with me many years, congratulations. Stay on the path. Stay on the course. That up to the right is your future. For those of you who might be new, 
Check out Buffini and Company's training programs. 100 Days to Greatness. Anybody making less than 100 grand a year who doesn't take 100 Days to Greatness is in neglect. It is the most significant program ever to hit the real estate industry. I'll never produce anything better than that. The producing agent, we got the essentials training program for you to get to the next level as a pro. And then to be the ultimate professional agent as a business owner, you go from being a real good realtor, a real good agent, into being a business owner with the professional agent. And then as an industry leader, we just launched our team coaching program. We've been coaching teams for years, but now we have a comprehensive team coaching program. We had a beta test of the program starting in July this year. We had 250 slots. It filled up almost overnight. We've maintained that level. January 1, we've trained up all of our coaches. We're ready for you. If you have a team or plan to have a team, we'll be reaching out to you. We have a superb offering. Any interest in any of those things, go to Bold 2022 Resources. So buffiniandcompany.com, Bold 2022 Resources. So what have we covered? We covered the state of the market and where things are. We've had a great chat with Dr. Yoon who just killed it today and has been killing it for a long time and continues to contribute. And we talked about some good habits, having fun with the fundamentals. We talked about some great tips, especially to get the year off right with that quick CMA. And then ultimately getting some training. I don't care at what level you're at. You need to be trained. I need to be trained. That is what pros do. That's what successful people do. Successful people do the work now while everyone else is just caught up in the chaos and the speed of the market. So my encouragement to all of you is be a pro, be a credit to the industry and get ready for a great winter season, a great spring, a changing market in June, still going to be very high, maybe 5.8 million transactions next year, a lot of opportunity. The rates will be higher by this time next year. They're focused on inflation. It is a matter of time. The market will change and it is the pros that will survive into 2023. And I'll be candid with you. I'm looking forward to 2023 because it'll be a pros market with a less crazy pace, where if you have a buyer who wants to buy a home, they won't have to fight off 40 other people. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a much better, fun market. For right now, make hay while the sun shines. Make sure your lifestyle doesn't get out of whack crazy. Put a few bucks away. Buy some real estate yourself. And have a fantastic 2022. We're here to help. Go get those resources. Go get the training. We'll see you again. God bless. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back may the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again may god hold you in the hollow of his hand see you next time